everyone, I Relaunched, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Sally Cobb. Sally is a product manager for a major HVAC manufacturer and a mechanical engineer who left her plant engineer role to move with her family when her husband got an overseas assignment. She relaunched after an eight-year career break, and you'll hear the role that Perseverance played in her relaunch. Sally, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thanks for having me. Well, we're so thrilled to have you and have this conversation. Uh, Can you please start by giving us some background and briefly tell us about your career path that led up to your career break? Sure. A quick version of it is I graduated from Texas A&M with a mechanical engineering degree. Uh, I worked for a major utility in the Houston area in power generation as a plant engineer for seven years. Um, I had my first two kids during that time, stayed working. Um, Then my husband had an opportunity to move overseas for an assignment. It was a pretty easy decision. He came home and said, do you want to move to Scotland? I said, sure. Um, (laughs) The logistics were a little bit more complicated. So I left with two little kids. Um, it was a great, great, great experience. I had my third baby over there. Um, and then we came back in 2009. My old boss said, are you ready to come back? I said, well, I just had an international move. Not quite ready. Um, and it was five years later is when I finally went back to work. Um, and I wanted to add real quickly in my background, and I'm going to have a theme and I'm going to talk about uh, getting yourself out there and taking the initiative to get what you want. Um, perseverance is a big part of it, but so is taking the initiative. So when I was graduating from college, uh, I used the Career Center like pretty much every other graduate. Um, so employers would come in and give a meeting about their company and then select who they wanted to interview on campus just based by our online resume. Right. So the company I was very interested in did not select me for this campus interview. So I called up the recruiter and told him how interested I was um, in the position. And so he added me to the list. And I was one of two students that got site visits. And that's the job I got. So wow. It, one opportunity and match. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, and the, it was such a great experience, but um, I had to take that initiative early on. And so that kind of stuck with me that I had that in me. Um, and you got to just go for it and take the initiative. So, yeah. And that's actually a, a, a great lesson and a great segue into my next question was to tell us, tell our audience uh, about how you approached your relaunch. What year did you begin? What were some of the initial steps that you took? Okay, right. So my last baby started kindergarten in 2013. Um, I had wanted to go back much sooner than that. Um, And that year your baby goes to kindergarten, it's a tough year for any mom working, not working, wanting to work. Um, It's just a transition in your life. And I was I warned new moms about that. You know, that's going to be a hard year, not for your baby necessarily, but for you. So Mm -hmm. that was 2013. Um, so starting in 2014, when she was into kindergarten, I really started getting um, serious about relaunching. Um, I spent forever on my resume. I'd go to Starbucks just to work on it, etc. I hadn't done a resume since 1999 when I graduated from college. Uh, and I went to a place called Between Jobs Ministry in Houston. 
Um, so I and I attended local meetings where we practiced our elevator speeches, among other things. Um, there were a few other people that had work gaps. So we talked about how to address those. Um, but it was kind of a weird experience because most of the people there had been laid off. Or, mm-hmm. um, so there wasn't a whole lot of returners in my exact situation where you have experience, you're, you're willing to start over, but some people just don't know what to do with you. Um, so there wasn't even really vocabulary for me to use about my situation that I knew of at the time. I did find iRelaunch at the very end of my search, which I managed to find by Google. Um, this was probably around September. And I started my job in November in 2014. Um, So I didn't see any opportunities in Houston for my relaunch. I saw a training program at MIT. So it looked fascinating, but I couldn't really find anything in my exact situation. Um, Mm So and then so I just had to do it myself. Um, I was I had a couple ladies that had lunch with me that were very encouraging, gave me some great advice. I really appreciated that. Um, And so. But since then, I was very happy to see that I relaunched and partnered with SWE in 2015 with their SWE uh, reentry task force. I did put my resume in that database after that, but ironically, I no longer had a gap. Um, and I have reconnected with the SWE Houston chapter, and that's been lovely. Networking, always networking. That's great. I just want to say for our audience, SWE Society of Women Engineers. All right, go oh, ahead. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I was involved with them in college, so it's been great to reconnect. And um, okay, so then that was that was the approach and the journey I have. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about how I got my job. Was um, you know I, the, a piece of advice I got that was real important was to let everybody know that you were looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the pieces of advice I got at between jobs ministry. So. Um, I went, I have a friend that I call my fitness friend and she invited me to do this warrior run. So I did that. And then her husband showed up and he ended up giving, we talked about my desire to go back to work and how I was looking and to tell everybody. And he's the one that ended up hiring me. Wow. So hold up for a second. So let's just talk about this whole concept of going public with your job search and having all of these conversations. I'm just curious, you know, when you did the warrior run, her husband just by chance showed up, you end up having this uh, somewhat random conversation that led to this opportunity. Were you already in the middle of having lots of conversations with lots of different people? And how did you have those? Like, what did you say? Did you just ask them what they did and they asked you what you were doing or how did did those conversations go? I did put it on Facebook that I was looking because I was told everybody you know, told to tell everybody knew. So I had a lot of people reach out to me. They passed their resume on to either their company or their husband's company. Um, So we just, it just came up a lot. You know, that's what was going on in my life. I had made it public, even on Facebook. Um, And so we just discussed it. You know, we talk about Mm -hmm. our fitness, friendship. We were also together in MOPS a long time ago. That's mothers of preschoolers. Um, So I guess it's just because I was told to put it out there and I put it out there. Well, that's the topic. That's what's going on with me, you know, so. And how specific were you? Did you know at the time, like you were thinking, I want to go back to exactly what I left or I want to go back to something different? Like when people said, well, what do you want to do? Or you said, I'm looking. What did you say you were looking for? Well, um, that's a, a good question. So I held out a lot longer 
for my return because I was holding out to get my old job back. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. I had a great experience. Great. And then and those people knew me. I'd already proven myself to them. So it was for me, it was, I wanted to go back to my old job, but sometimes they don't have the budget. Sometimes they've filled it. Sometimes it's not available. I almost got to go back part-time. Um, my, but then that my old former boss moved on. So, um, I was just looking for a new opportunity and I didn't really, you know, you can't just say I'm open to anything. I do had specific things that I love. Um, like I said, I, I've always been a data person. I love performance data, efficiency data, data analysis. So I would talk about that too, that, you know, that's what the things I like to do and, and I could bring, this was my skill set that I could bring to any situation pretty much. Um, not just completely general of, oh, I'm looking for anything. <laughs> and did you talk about that you were looking for a mechanical engineering role or in a, in a particular industry once you open it up? Or do you, how did you talk about that? Mechanical engineering role. Um, or, you know, that I call that my general engineering degree. There, I, there's so much versatility that I could do with it. And so, you know, I had the problem solving background training, um, et cetera. So. Mm-hmm. And did were you involved in any professional associations at that point? Or were most of these conversations among friends and family and then people who you uh, met through friends and family? Well, mostly friends, friends and family. And I had gotten the advice to, you know, get back. So, you know, I have the Aggie network is huge. Um, it's a big deal. Uh, so I had tried to do a little bit with the Aggie network. I had been involved with them in Scotland. I was the president there. So I was looking for my Aggie network. Um, Just tell, tell everyone who, what school that's from in case people don't know. <laughs> the Texas a which I, oh, I thought I said that at the beginning. That's where oh, you might have. Okay. Okay. And so I looked at my, you know, alumni association as a big networking because it's huge. Um, mm-hmm. And I slowly got back involved with uh, professional societies, especially SWE. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't do as much of that as I should have. Uh, but I, I did have that avenue to look at. Yes. So I just want to highlight for our audience how important it is to have these what feels like random conversations with people, because listen to Sally's experience. She goes on this warrior run with a friend. Her hus- That friend's husband randomly shows up. They get into this conversation about Sally's ambitions to return to work. And that ended up being the opportunity. So you never know where these opportunities are going to come from. And you have to expect to have a lot of conversations that go nowhere before you have a conversation like this one. Right. And I had a lot of people, oh, your resume looks great. And, you know, so people did try to help me. Okay, so talk us through like what happened next. How did you ultimately get this job? And, and, um, you know, what was the application process like? So I, I just met with him and the owner, um, in an informal interview. It was actually, we met at Starbucks. Um, they reviewed my background, you know, and basically, you know, I was a good hire. So (laughs) they, that was it. Wow. And then, um, and then the, the job you have now, what happened after that initial job and how did you get the job you have now? Okay, so the position that I took, um, 
I was a little bit overqualified for it, but it did relate to my experience. And I mentioned, you know, I, I was just ready to go back. I couldn't spend another day at home at that point. So um, I went for it, uh, used my project management skills. I learned new technical skills, um, but it was for a small company, which I had come from a huge company. So that was a little bit of a shock. Um, so I did, I made the most out of it. I've learned a lot. I wouldn't have the job I have now without that valuable experience. I still keep in touch with my former boss. So Sally, when you got that first job back for the small company, were you in the same field again or in the same role? Or were you thinking about other places where your skills could be relevant? Right. Okay. So I went to a completely new industry. Um, and during my journey, of, I looked, I was heavily looking at oil and gas companies because mm -hmm. I, my industrial skills that I learned in power generation could definitely be applied to oil and gas. Uh, but with all the ma massive layoffs going on at the time um, and me not being able to check that little box that said I had five years of oil and gas experience, that would put me at the back of the line. Um, so I was having trouble getting any anywhere in that aspect. Um, so I really had no interest in HVAC. Um, I thought it would be super boring after being in power generation. And I used to get to crawl through large cooling towers and turbines and generators. Um, so it was the opportunity that I found, like I mentioned, from my friend's husband offering me the opportunity. So I decided to just go for it. Um, I was ready to I was ready to get back to work and I was going to see how it went. So I went for it. And then it turns out that HVAC is not boring at all. It is, I call it my baby CFMs after coming from power generation. And that's cubic feet per minute. Um, uh, thank you. for You have to define those terms because we don't know what they are. Um, Kelly, hold on a second. Before you go on, I just want to point out to our audience, especially in this time right now where we're having massive layoffs and massive unemployment and relaunchers are concerned about where am I in line behind all the people who are un newly unemployed and how am I ever going to get a job and to listen closely to Sally's process of how she thought about, well, I have this opportunity now um, from that random conversation at the small company. It's in the HVAC area. It's an area which she had made some assumptions about. Turned out to A, her, her skills applied. Uh, B, there was an employer that recognized her skills applied. And C, it turned out to be a much more interesting field than she was anticipating. Okay. So. Absolutely. Um, it's a great industry. There's something different it's complicated. It's, um, it's, it's a great industry. So I went from making energy production efficient to energy con consumption efficient. So I still got my energy efficiency, uh, skills that I it thoroughly enjoy. Um, so basically you have to be willing to try something is the takeaway from all of that. Um, mm -hmm. just jump in there and go for it. Yeah. And also to be open minded, you know, you did go into an industry you were making some assumptions about. And, and I'll just say we've seen this in other industry, too. I remember there was a lawyer who had a long career break, had come out of a, um, a private law firm. And the opportunity for her was an assistant general counsel at a university. And I remember her thinking, this law can't be that interesting. And it turns out she gets this role. It is so interesting and so varied. So, you know, you really have to step back and re-examine um, assumptions you might have made about certain industries that simply aren't true. 
That's right. All right. So Sally, can you talk about how you went from this initial relaunch job with the small company to your next role? Okay, great. Um, so again, I, I took this job with a small company in a new industry. Um, I did a lot of product project management work, which um, goes over to any industry that you can do. Um, I continued to apply for bigger companies with more engineers to work with. I uh, definitely missed that fact, even though I had a great technical environment. My boss was great. So I continued to apply to other companies the entire time I was there, which I was there for four and a half years. Um, and I, I, I applied to other industries. I was willing to start over again. Um, but by a certain point, I realized I wanted to utilize the time and the knowledge that I had learned in that industry. Um, so I had my eyes on the job I have now, which was actually, you know, it's close in Houston, um, in the HVAC industry, bigger company, more opportunities for travel and training and the things you can get with um, bigger companies. Not that you don't get that with smaller companies, but it's harder to uh, allow your employees to go do those things. And so I had my eyes set on this company in the industry. And so, again, I was applying to other positions in other companies. It's hard to apply just online without a contact. Um, I did have a contact for this position at first um, through a school contact. Um, and I got one of the electronic rejection letters. Um, a few months later, I saw the position that I had applied for still open. So I applied again. Same thing, except for this time, I didn't have a contact on the inside. Um, you know, I just kept kept going, kept going. Um, then the third time I applied, I found a contact. I did have a phone interview for the position that I was going for because um, I knew that I could do that position and then it would be a segue into something else that was um, more of an engineering role. Let me just stop you right here because I want the audience to listen carefully to what was involved here. So think about what happened. Sally applies for the position the first time. She actually has an inside contact, still immediately gets a boilerplate uh, electronic rejection. Then she later sees the position still open, applies again. How many of us would actually do that? So uh, she applies again. Um, gets rejected again. This time she didn't have the inside contact. And then she sees and applies for it a third time and finds an inside contact, a different one, and then gets that phone interview. So I hope everyone is getting this message that just because you get the boilerplate rejection does not mean that A, you're not qualified for the job and B, you shouldn't apply again and potentially maybe get it. Sorry, go ahead, Sally. Right, and so my boss had gotten to take a tour of the manufacturing facility. It was a very limited invite. I found the contact I had through the GHBA Association, which is Greater Houston Builder Association, and I said, hey, I really want a tour. If next time you do it, let me know. Months later, I got that tour. So between the first and second time I applied, I actually went and got to see the facility. And I said, yes, I definitely want to be here. I'm a good fit. It's got the field work that I've missed. That's another thing I missed with the smaller company. I got to do some field work, um, but this one where you have an office environment and you get field work all in the same place 
was important to me, which I had at my power generation job. So mm-hmm. I had not invite myself, but almost invite myself and follow up. Hey, I really want this tour. So I got that tour, um, which just confirmed that it's where I wanted to be. Wait, hold on. Can you say who did? I'm just curious. And also our audience, we like to get these details. How did you get that tour? Was it through a professional association or was it like, how did that happen? I had been building up my, um, getting to go to the Greater Houston Builders Association professional. I got to take some training there. I went to some of the events uh, and met this salesperson for the manufacturer through that, that professional place. Okay. So again, the role of professional associations and sometimes through professional associations, you can get plant tours and you have the access to specialized training and you go to events and you meet people. So let's underscore that part of your experience too. Yeah. Definitely. I wanted to bring that up because, you know, you got to make sure it's the right fit for you. So um, the third time it was my husband's friend group from college. It was one of his neighbors. He knew I was looking still. He knew what industry I was in. He had the neighbor in the industry um, and put us together. So that's how I was able to get in finally. Okay, sorry, I have to interrupt one more time. You're 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 giving us such gems, Sally. I want to <laughs> underscore, you know, this is why you have to go public with your job search because listen to this. It was Sally's husband's friend's neighbor who was the one who um, passed her resume along that led to her being hired. That's sometimes how it's ha- how it happens, and why your your circles have to be very big. And he was the one that actually hired me. So um, he's still my VP. I work with him every day. He's so fantastic. Um, so I didn't just get a job. I got a I got a VP and a a, a great resource, a professional, like a mentor almost, and yeah. wonderful. Thank you um, for taking us through that that detail. Let me ask you: When you were going through this process for three times applying, did you ever feel like down or low or discouraged or how did you keep your attitude and how did you have the fortitude to even apply a third time? Well, yeah, I definitely got discouraged. Uh, I wanted to broaden my horizons and um, I have one of the things I got from between jobs ministry is a little note on my bathroom mirror that says trust is timing. Um, And it's hard to do when you're doing it year after year after year or uh, application after application after application. Um, but it, it was true. And I trusted the timing and went every day, thought about it, worked for it, and and got through it. And now the timing has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the job that you have, um, had, did you not even know this kind of job existed before? Or how did you find out that this was a role? Right. So I had been applying for a, a, a data logistics type job where analysis to get efficiency and all that, because I knew I had that and enjoy that. Um, and so this this person is in charge of product management um, and gave me the information for that role and asked if I'd be interested in that role. Uh, again, I've had 20 years of project management I'd never heard of a product manager before. Um, so it turns out that, um, and I had never been interested in sales before. That's just my personal um, thoughts process. Salespeople are great. It takes everybody. 
Um, so now I get to work in between engineering and sales. And I never really considered marketing before. So I still get to work with engineers. I still get to use data. I still get to use my technical uh, expertise. And then I support sales with it. Um, so I had never heard of that role, thought of that role, uh, but it is absolutely perfect for me. It is a great fit for me. I really enjoy it. I get to talk to customers and do some travel. Well, I did before the situation, uh, but now I get to talk to them on, um, on the computer. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and it, it just turned out to be a perfect role for me. Um, really have, it takes a specific skill set to do technical marketing. Um, and I do get to work with engineers all the time. So you're saying that originally you had applied for a different role, but somehow through this process, they made you aware of the technical marketing role you have now? Yes. Yes, that's okay. right. And the theme of going for it is what I did as well. So mm -hmm. I read the description. I'm like, oh, that looks great. Um, you know, right up on it. I had the credentials. You have to have a technical applied science degree. Um, so I was definitely qualified for it. Um, and so I went for it and I totally love it. It's just a great role. I have a great team. I'm super happy with it. All right, let's, Sally, let's go back to your original relaunch role. And when you said that you had taken a position that was um, like a slightly lower level than what you had left, can you talk to us about um, taking a lower level uh, position? I don't know if it was lower paying, but like what, what was your um, approach to that? Right. And so it's a, it's a hard, hard thing to do a, re a relaunch. I didn't know where to price myself, right? Right. So um, I didn't think it'd be a cakewalk, but I didn't expect it to be so hard. And I'm used to working hard for things and hard, but things come easy. So this was new. So pricing myself, I was like, well, what do I do? OK, I just put in my last I, you know, I was the rate I had per hour base or equivalent rate. And I priced myself there. I knew I didn't deserve any raises from the time I was out. There was a little bit of inflation. I was like, oh, OK, I'll do that because I wasn't sure that outpriced me big time. Um, so you can't Wait, I, hold on a second. Let's let, let me just clarify. So you took, you sort of translated into an hourly rate, the annual pay that you were getting in your last job before your career break. Right. And you did not adjust for inflation and nope. you assumed that you would be at exactly the same pay level. And I, when you went with no. that, with your number, it turned out to be way higher than whatever the going rate was for the role. Right. That's for, that's true. Right. I wasn't sure where to start, but right. Uh, and again, you have people that don't know necessarily what to do with you. I was willing to start entry, but I had seven years of experience, but I had seven years of experience, but I had a, a gap. So right. um, it did outprice me. So I, I lowered my expectations of what I would be making and what I would be doing. Um, and so that's you have to, I I think, um, let, unless you can. And I, an advice I give new moms coming out, which does not apply to this job, to this audience, you know, um, is if you can do anything, you can work 10 hours a week consulting, do your own company. Try not to have your your gap there. So people mm -hmm. will. But that is not where I was. And that's not where the relaunchers are necessarily. So. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. And people anticipating a future career break, if you can keep your toe in the water, that is extremely helpful um, for sure. Um, but also the, your discussion about um, the, you know, taking lower level, taking lower compensation. We write about this. I, I have an article um, in Harvard Business Review. Actually, there's two about one is five reasons people take a lower level or lower compensated job than before. And another one um, is more about relaunchers who were relatively senior who came back at a lower level and then where they are today. So, so you can people can keep a, a lookout for that. Um, but also, I want to underscore that today um, there are other sources for you know online salary.com and and some other sources for um, estimating sal um, pay uh, ranges for certain roles. And then we recommend that people talk to um, former colleagues or people in their field through professional associations. And you don't have to say, how much money do you make? You can say, how much money would a mid-level engineer doing um, a technical uh, marketing or project manager role, what, what would the range be for someone in that kind of a job? And just see what, what a few different people say. Right, and asking for a range is good. And I definitely looked at online resources, um, some of the apps or whatever, knowing that it's not 100% accurate, but just to get me in the ballpark, I right. checked what people were making straight out of school. Um, yeah. Right. I knew what I made straight out of school. So I did yeah. get all of those things. And the point was just to be able to get started again and then you can work your way back up. Yes, exactly. So this ballparking it is, is really helpful because it just gives you a sense and 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 that and a starting point. Um, Sally, can you talk about when you were first back in after your your time away and maybe remind us how long your career break was? What was it like being in the, that first new role? Was there a lot of technology to catch up on and how did you approach that? So I was out for eight years. Um, and it, it can be intimidating. You feel kind of like the world left you behind. But um, one thing I did was take Excel classes. Um, mm -hmm. I was raised on Excel. I love Excel. Um, so and I knew I, I still used it, but that way I could catch up on what the updates had been since I was out. So that was helpful. Um, LinkedIn happened while I was gone. So I had mm -hmm. to get on LinkedIn and figure out LinkedIn and start building my connection. Um, and just part, part of my training is I know I'll be able to learn new software and take off with it. Um, so just be willing to and I had to learn HVAC software. Oh, right. So, yeah. So you had to learn. A, so even if you had not had a career break, if because you were changing industries, you had to learn a brand new technical software because you were in a new uh, sector, a new industry. Yeah, right. For me. And I didn't use AutoCAD extensively. I know how to review AutoCAD. So that could be an aspect if somebody was out that that moves quickly. And I heard things like that. So uh, just updated my Excel skills and got on LinkedIn and, you know, got it done. So great. Thank you. Um, so we're wrapping up now. And Sally, I, I wanted to ask you the question that we uh, ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something we've already talked about today? And also, maybe you can comment on retrospectively how you look at where you are now six years after you relaunched in 2014. 
Um, yeah, so I thought about that question, and I really don't think about it a whole lot, which is a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm super busy, and I'm overall happy. Um, I strive for balance. Always have. That's why I needed to go back to work, because I was extremely out of balance. Um, mm -hmm. It's my number one priority. So um, I'm happy to have that behind me. And uh, I don't think about it a whole lot because um, I have three kids and well, I now have three teenagers and we, we we're, we're busy and happy. So um, my entire family is happy that that time period is far back as well. <laughs> and they're very proud of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we didn't even touch on, um, you know, what happens at home um, with your family. Yes, I'm super happy that I relaunch has expanded so much in that time and that the Swede reentry task force is coming. And there's so many more resources now in the last six years. So even though, you know, I'm through it already, I'm so and that's another reason why I'm participating. Um, it's a passion of mine. I want to be helpful. I've tried. I've mentored a couple. I have to get. I was like, oh, I have to get through it myself. So I do kind of feel like I'm finally there. Um, so I can put my efforts into helping others. Really exciting. And thank you so much. And of the ultimate paying it forward. Um, so can you give us one piece of it, of advice for our relauncher audience? Yes. So um, what I have to say is uh, work hard. Be ready for an opportunity. Um, it's possible that it will fall in your lap, but if it doesn't, you have to get out there and make things happen as long as it takes. Do not give up. You're in charge of your path. No one else. Excellent. Excellent experience. And especially coming from someone um, who was looking to relaunch at a time when there was uh, significant unemployment like there is today. So uh, especially glad to get, get your advice and have this conversation. Sally, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. And um, hang in there, everybody. Thank you. And thanks for listening to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events and to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.